1: music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and we also have the one and only Gregory A. (laughs) G.
2: Good good evening, Mr. Douglas. How how are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. You know what I realized this week about you, Greg? Oh no. (laughs) what did you you realize hey man you are a french hawaiian man i've been knowing you for like yeah i've been knowing you for like i don't know 15 years or something crazy like that and and i just was like wait this cat is a french hawaiian you the only one man did you know that the
2: only french hawaiian (laughs) You know, actually, I, I, I may have forgot that myself too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you reminding me. That's right. That's and I, right. And I have to say right now, you, you know, you told me the story about everything going wrong on the the stream earlier, right? Yep. I, I can't figure out why my logic doesn't want to record.
0: Oh, man. It's all right. It's all right. It's <laughs> one of those days, man.
2: Newton's Thank law, right? You. Newton's law, man. You know but, what that um, is. Th- there's only one way to counteract Newton's law. And that's What's that's that? we, have, we have to have a bad motherfucker on the show tonight. Oh, well, we did that. <laughs> we did that (laughs) yeah we definitely did that so um yeah man i i'm so so happy to um to have had the chance to meet this gentleman uh was listening to him for quite a while as uh when i was when i was younger and uh, he was a huge influence and a very inspirational alto man and so uh, we're, we're super excited to have mr tim green on the show tonight Absolutely, man. Before Tim gets
0: in here, I'm just going to read off some names because people probably oh, no. they probably they probably don't even know, man. But this dude is serious, man. Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> I, I should put an effect on my voice right now. Jill Scott, <laughs> Herbie Hancock, Kirk Franklin, Dunny McClurkin, Mary J. Blige, Aretha Franklin. How in the this is crazy, man. He got somebody on this list you like, no matter who you are on this planet. You know what I mean?
2: That's a pretty incredible, incredible list. Yeah, bro,
0: it's, it's insane. I, I, so I, I can't wait to get Tim in here so we can pick his brain about how you, how do you, how does one even play with Earth, Wind, and Fire and Herbie Hancock? That's crazy to me, man. What's up, Tim? Welcome to the Working Artist Project. What's going on, fellas? Good to be here. <laughs> it's really how good. are you doing? Well, doing well. How y'all doing? Great, man. Great.
1: Wonderful, wonderful.
0: wonderful. I wanna, I wanna get right into it, man, because you, you are super diverse. And like how does that even happen man you know I'm gonna say it happened at church but I want to hear I want to hear it from the source
3: <laughs>
0: it, it's
1: kind of it's deep I, I it wow it it grew up for me meeting just so many different people I spent a lot of time in New York and also spent a lot of time in la so the main focus for me was you know playing jazz I went to MSM and I was in New York and I was just trying to play with Roy Hargrove that was my whole goal <laughs> I was in I'm going to play with Roy Hargrove by my third year in New York or something like that. But anyway, that was my main track. But along the way, I just started meeting different people, you know, that were in these different genres. Like I met, I met, um, let me see, I met Keon Harold. I met uh, my good friend Marvin Thompson with Mohorns, and he is like one, one of the best horn arrangers in gospel music. So he would take me along and do stuff with him. Um, along the way, I met who else was there? Just so many different people. Man, I met Ambrose Akamushi, a good friend of mine. I met him while I was there. So while I was in New York City, I was playing with, on gospel gigs with Israel Houghton and Fred Hammond. Then I'd be at the Jazz Gallery playing with <laughs> Ambrose <laughs> and then playing gigs. We did this gig with Roy down there for Trumpet Shelf Sound. And so I was on that. And then at the same time, I'd be doing horn section stuff. It's like we did a, a pre recorded tape that for Destiny's Child with a horn section. So it was just like so many different things happening at once. Then once I moved to L.A., it was a whole nother thing. I started meeting different people. And next thing you know, you know, I ended up, um, I don't know, meeting Ricky Miner and people like that. So I had a chance to play. That's how I got a chance to play with Earth, & Fire. That was, uh, I played on a, uh, it was a tribute to Clive Davis. They did in New York City. And, uh, and uh, Ricky Minor was putting together the band, a good friend of mine recommended me for the gig. And I got a chance for earth and fire, Jennifer Hudson, all of these different people. And then like at the same time, I'd be playing with Eric Reed and we'll be at the <laughs> door like the next week. And then like a month later, I will be on a road with Michael Buble where I met Greg. We'll be doing that. So it was just like all these different where I was just meeting all these people. And then one thing snowballed to the next thing, but it is just a, it's just been a crazy story. I made mean, so many different stories in there that I could talk about. But.
2: I mean, that's like, that's like such an incredible story. Um, but, you know, like for a young musician, I feel like that is kind of like the dream is to have the opportunity to play with our heroes, to play in all styles of music and, and with some of the baddest cats out there. So like what, in your opinion, like I kind of want to nerd out on some music stuff, but, um, how, how do you make that happen? Like, what, what is the skill set? Like, how, how do you put that skill set together of being able to play with Michael Bublé, being able to play with Christian McBride, being able to play with Earth Wind and Fire? Like, how does that
1: happen? I think um, I think when it comes to just like you playing these different genres, you just got to build a represent, represent, I'm sorry, um, a reputation of of really just being a guy that's like ready to go to bat when it comes to doing gigs. You have, to be, you have to be super flexible.
2: What, is that, be, what does that mean, uh,
1: like, exactly? Right. So, well, so it, it, no matter if somebody sends you some music with just a MP3 file, or if somebody sends you some concert charts that's not in your key, whether somebody's like, look, man, I need you to fly me. Greg, you know this way. Well, I need you to fly half, halfway on the other side of the world to do this gig. <laughs> or if the gig is right down the street and it pays the same as the gig that is all the way in California. <laughs> you dig know what I'm saying? I mean, you yeah. just have to be flexible. And uh, that's one thing I've just been learning over time. Like when I was in the Munk Institute, I didn't know that I was learning a skill, but pretty much everybody in the band would write their their um, their um charts out and see in concert. So we did that for about two years. Everybody would just write their tunes out and bring them in. And then over time, I was just learning how to just read concert charts for the most part. But that's one thing that just helped me out because, you know, cats send you music, and sometimes it's in B flat and C. You don't want to be the guy that's like, hey, man, can you send me E flat and make sure it's in the right register? You just don't want to be that guy. You just want to <laughs> get the music. <laughs> you want to get the music, send you, them send you what they have. And that's where the real work comes in. Like, you, you can ask my family, my wife and my kids, like, when i met at home, they, before I do the gig, they pretty much know all the music. They know what daddy's doing that week. Like, are you going to be on tour? Are you going to be playing with Christian McBride? Are you going to be uh, at the keystone with Cyrus? Like, depending on what music that I'm sharing for the most part. So, <clears throat> so that's one thing. So, and Then I was playing with um, Bo Horn's gospel horn section for like a long time. And everything is by memory, it's by charts. It's a whole nother language. So I'm just building my ear playing with Marvin I mean he's throwing lines at me that you would think a jazz musician would really can pick up fast but the lines were something but it's just a format in the music that was a whole nother thing that you had to learn so anyway so I'm just in this world where I just learned been able to find people that would put me in these situations and kind of give me a little bit of room to kind of feel my way out and learn Mm -hmm. then allow me to kind of be on it. Cause I didn't come in just like being a cat that can just like memorize music fast, but I've had great mentors that <clears throat> allow me to, you know, make, you have a little blemishes and make a couple mistakes and kind of file my way in. But the main thing is that, you know, like I was saying before, they kind of knew that I'll be a guy that can kind of just come in and just be ready to just, when it comes down to me playing my horn, they knew once I stayed in that chair, I was going to be able to do that. And that's just one thing that I've, um, uh, I don't know. That's just one an interesting thing that I've, um, uh,
0: Tim, I'm curious, like what, what in life prepared you to play with Mary J and like, Aretha <laughs> Franklin? Like, what did your mama do? You know, like what did she, uh, something happened in your life? Cause you know, most people can't do that, bro. Well, th- those, those, those
1: gigs we were, um, I was a part of, um, House bands with Adam Blackstone. Oh, yeah, really? we were part okay. of yeah, we were part of yeah, we were part of we were part of a house band uh. with Aretha Franklin. I was a part of a house band with the Ricky Minor band, which was just like an amazing experience. And um, Aretha Franklin, she was she was one of the artists. It was a tribute to, to Clive Davis that Netflix special that he came out with. Yeah, so we did a whole show with all of his artists put in on, Kenny G was there. Um, Jennifer Hudson, like I said before, so all of them were there. So we were just in the house, man. Earth Wind Fire was there. Everybody was there. So anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, that that music, my father is a singer, and he played Luther Vandross around the house. He played B B C C Wine's Commission. He would play classical music. He played all these different genres. So in my ear, when I was in school, along with myself and my brother who's a musician as well, we listened to so much music. So when it was time for us to just be musicians, I never had like, okay, I want to be a jazz alto saxophone player. That was never, that was necessarily not, not my, like, my thing. I was just kind of soaking up everything as I was moving through life. You know, I said, I want to be, I want to be good on my instrument and I love jazz and that's, this is what I do. But I never kind of set out to be, a, I don't know, I just, that, that was never a goal of mine to be like, okay, I'll be, you know, this and this and that. So anyway, my, my, my family and my mom, my dad, they played a ton of music around the house and, and that kind of helped me soak some things in because um when we were in that rehearsal with the Erythra Franklin, man, it was, this was like some old school stuff and all, all the cats who have played and done gigs with, with her, charts that they have for that book are the same charts from like the 1960s. Wow! so you almost have to know the tunes which we all pretty much know for the most part we know the stabs we know different things of that tune so like if you look at the chart you're not going to be able to read it you (laughs) kind of got to have some type of like some type of idea of how these songs go and fortunately Aretha Franklin has all number one hits that we all know (laughs) so we can at least play the stabs and when it gets to the bridge ah, I'm a little little funny but we play the uh, <laughs> and something in the chorus or something like that. So, yeah.
0: so wait, so, so I want to back up to the, to Blackstone. Where, where were you? Like, how does that come about? Cause that's, that's a serious uh, person to be affiliated with. And he's kind of like dealing with all the major uh, hitters uh,
1: for, for yeah. a period there. You know what I mean? Right. It's deep. Me, I met Adam when we were in a summer camp together in Philly. Oh, and he, playing upright bass. I was 16, maybe he was 16 too. I went to University of Arts for a summer camp. And the first time I met Adam, he was playing upright bass and we were in the same summer camp together. So we were playing Autumn Leaves, playing There Will Never Be Another You, playing all of <laughs> all the of, all of, all of jazz summer camp hits, right? Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, I moved to New York and come to LA and I look at, I look at, uh, what was that, Jay-Z? What's the one where they were at Madison Square Garden? And the Dave Chappelle special. And I'm like, oh, oh man, yeah, Adam. yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the cookout with uh, yeah. Dave Chappelle and the blackout with Jay-Z and the Roots. And I was like, oh, that's Adam. That's my man. I was like, wow, man. this is my... So I, So we got back in touch together. And I, I was in L.A. at the time. And I got a chance to see him out there maybe once or twice. When I moved back, I was like, wow, man, you know, like, let's connect. Let's hook up. And then, you know, we were just kind of friends from that. And next thing you know, we just he just started calling me for things. And. We just started working together with my with my uh my good friend Dante Winslow on some things here and there. So and it's the same thing, like it's half charts, it's half reading them by heart, but it was definitely not conventional. It was all about it's all about feeling. That's one thing that Adam kind of embodies about what he does is he reads music and he understands music on a technical level, but he really gets music first through the way it's supposed to be guided, which is through hearing. Absolutely. And he kind of trans- translates that all through through um through, through the ears. So yeah, so that's how I hooked up with Adam. So we, we did a ton of some stuff together, man, and and it's been great, man. Good friend of mine and um academic man. He's amazing.
2: Man, can I ask you, you you know, you kind of mentioned earlier that you you, you did not initially set out to become like a, a jazz jazz alto player. Right. And I'm just wondering, like what what inspired you to kind of go more in that direction? Uh how, how, you know, versus you know, doing any other genre of music. I mean, cause you're such an accomplished, I mean, musician, first of all, but like a great jazz musician at all, you know, totally playing with the
1: cats, you know? Yeah. Thanks Greg. I appreciate that, man. Um, like I said, I don't know. I always just wanted to Thing was my, my, my dad would play these records. He played this GR, GRP all-star big band. <laughs> Yeah. You know that one? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know, we know that. Come on, come <laughs> on. Man, that, that was the one. That was, that's the record that just, man, it changed my whole thing, man. It's, it's just, so anyway, he played that record for us. My dad had this huge speaker system in the basement. He had the tweezers on top. He had a subwoofer underneath of the record player. Two speakers. So anyway, we would go to this place called Mars Music, and he came home with this record. He put it on, and it was just, man, dead. Whatever that feeling, man. Whatever that thing is, those vibrations, that that thing, man. Whatever caught me that day, that was the thing that I just wanted to get to in the music. And then jazz is just that idiom, the most the freest idiom where you can get to that, get to that feeling for the most part. So, I mean, you could play in church and be playing with whoever, and you get that same feeling. You can be on stage with whoever, get that same feeling. I mean, that's the thing that I'm searching for. I'm just searching. But that same vibe, that energy that I that I experienced when I was from when I was a child. So, that's uh, what I'm after in the music for the most part. You know? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what's up, man. I love that, man. Like c- coming up mm-hmm. listening to music is it, very like you know the music my mom listened to, and I'm sure the music that Greg's mom's parents listened to is, is just with you forever. Um, right. You ca- you came up in, in in Baltimore. That's how y'all said, right? Yeah, Baltimore. Oh, oh. Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what what was it like growing up there musically? Was it was it kind of like the Wire? You know, you was doing your thing. Like... <laughs> oh, that's
1: the first, that's the, that is always the, the the next question is like Baltimore, the Wire. <laughs> it always happens like that. But no, it, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was it wasn't rough, but it was you know it's Baltimore. You gotta, you, it's just what we do. I don't know. It's from <laughs> here. So just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just what it is. You know, we, I love, I still, I live in Baltimore, I moved back here and I, I love it, man. This is my city. This is where I feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Everything that's around That's around here, it just makes me feel like I'm at home. That's where I grew up in. And um, so anyway, so what was your question again? Sorry. What was just, like? just musically, what was it like coming up there? Like- oh, okay. It was, um, it was heavily, Blues, it was heavily blues drenched, as <laughs> what my teachers say. It, it, was, it was all about the blues down here, man. It's just, if you're not playing the blues, then you're not really dealing. It's It's about a, about the organ trio, all uh, Blakey, Sonny Stitt, Stanley Tarantine. I mean, just all the soul cats, excuse me, down here. That's That's what it... So it means to be in Baltimore. That's how I, that's where I grew up. I grew up in a club called the Sportsman's Lounge, which was just like a smoky kind of dive type of, type of place that we used to go on Monday nights. And I was also at the Baltimore School for the Arts where I was, um, where I studied for high school. So, you know, studying classical music, then we'll also be, you know, going out to jam sessions, you know what I mean? At this place where it was just all about the blues. They're like, man, no matter what you, but you're learning, like, you're going to play a blues. So it's it's just all about the blues down here. You know what I mean? That's what it's all about.
0: Well, I know about the blues because, you know, I'm from Mississippi, dog. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yes,
0: indeed. If I don't know nothing, I know that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Man, you know, when you came and did a master class for uh, for my, my high school kids a couple months back, I was so, not, not surprised, but... I, I, I was, I was relieved to hear you tell them that you had studied so much classical music because uh, right. a lot of times, um, uh, I get, you know, I, I feel like I'm like a broken record as a teacher trying to get these, ch- you know, cats to check some classical stuff out and, and you know, express the importance of that. And so, uh, man, did, was there like a jazz department over there in high school or was it just like a classical thing that you were doing?
1: Yeah, it was a classical thing. Um, Dr. Ford, Dr. Chris Ford, who is like the premier classical teacher. He taught Antonio Hart, Mark Gross, all the cast, all the auto that came out of um, Baltimore for the most part. Um, so yeah, that was a classic. we were dealing with the E-Bear, the Boza, all that stuff. You had to deal with that stuff. and You, know, like to survive. you had to make sure your armature was right, breathing is right. That was serious. You wasn't going nowhere until that was ready. <laughs> anyway, and then they had a, had a jazz program as well. And that was run by um, Mr. David Stambler, who was, who was an amazing teacher as well. That kind of, so a lot of stuff. But um, but the classical thing, I tell a story all the time about the time I had some random time. I had some time to spend with Kenny Garrett when we had this festival playing together. And I just asked Kenny, I was like, could we play, you know, you might, you know, we shared together or the case maybe. So I went down to his room, like, you know, get ready to share. Maybe we're going to play Cherokee or giant steps or two up, one across or whatever, one down. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go down to his room and he, and he has that, um, the bowls, the improv and Caprice down there. Which the first, the first movement is like improv. The second part is, um, is his fast, fast things. So, so he's down there just shedding that. And I'm like, okay, that confirmed it to me is that those guys are like in the, in the room, like, like that, that technique on that instrument, like trumpet players do. It's like no trumpet player, no great trumpet players you talk to that they're not dealing with those technical books. My brother played the trumpet all day. He was home with the Arbans trying to figure that thing out. You know what I mean? We'll get to the like, to like Lee Morgan, like the last hour of his practice. But like the first two, he's in there trying to figure out the Arbuns. So uh, it was a big deal trying to figure out the technique
0: yeah, you know, Greg. Greg is a classical musician at heart. You know,
1: man, I'm trying to share as much as Greg, man. Really, man, it's an inspiration. <laughs> you know, I share it all day, man. Three hours a day, Greg. Man, I- day. <laughs> I'm
2: trying. I'm just trying to play like you, man. That's that's really what it comes down to. And yeah. and also now that I'm a teacher, I'm like really trying not to get piped at, at school. Like oh. there's a couple cats in there who can play, and I'm like. I'm not going down like that, you know? <laughs> Man, one time when I was in school, Alvin Batiste told me he was like it would it's my my goal as a teacher is that you sound better than me. Yeah. <laughs> and i was like, damn, all right. Um, I don't <laughs> so I was like, that's that's a great goal as a teacher to have for your student. Man, why don't we take a minute now and let the people
0: here hear, hear what 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 it sounds like when a jazz musician can play anything? How about that? And uh <laughs> this next tune. I don't know which record of yours is from, but it's a tune it's called Pinocchio. Uh, yep. uh which record, which one of your
1: records is this on? That's from our uh, songs from this season. And um Pinocchio by Wayne Shorter. And it's um it's Chris Fun on bass and Rodney Green on drums.
0: Hey, see, that's why I loved it right there. Here we go, Pinocchio. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Taking me back to when I was like 15, playing Pinocchio over and over and over, trying to get good. And uh, you guys killed it just as much as they did back then. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's as good as the original to me, man.
1: Oh, no. Too many notes.
0: <laughs> Way more. <laughs> <laughs> I learn how to learn.
1: It's tough to play like that over that tune. It's like, oh.
0: <laughs> you know, the most impressive part to me was uh, that you released this on your own record label. So I would like to talk about your record label and the importance of uh, Black entrepreneurship, especially
1: oh, in, the, in the music space. Yeah, I mean, it's super important. I'm like, there's been opportunities or, you know, you know, folks will offer me something for to sign a record deal, which really, I mean, it, it depends on what the company is, but there's so many grants out here that you can get. Maryland Arts Council down here has grants for independent artists for you to get. I mean, all you need is the money for mixing and mastering and and recording and you got your whole record right there and you own it. It's all, it's all yours, you know what I mean? And if you can, and also, you know, get the money for, you know, your publicist and everything like that. And depending on how much money you can get for a publicist, you can be, jazz times or you can be on a billboard outside <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you can be in you can be in every, every magazine or you can be in uh what's that one uh, uh, rolling stone or something like that yeah. depending on so so how it's much just, money you got for your publicist <laughs> 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 you, you gotta, gotta pay go. to play you gotta pay to play yeah i mean Dude, that's yeah. that's the game i mean it's like these publicists i mean that's the part of the game that you learn it's like okay everything is about how how much money you have to hire the right publicist to get you in those magazines because one publicist who has a contact for Jazz Times or Downbeat is going to be cheaper than a publicist who has a contact for Rolling Stone and, you know, whatever other blogs to put you on. And that's the way it goes. I mean, I learned that through, through, I'm just kind of doing my research and trying to find a publicist. And um, so that's the game. It's just like, how much publicity can you afford, for the most part, outside of your own music. I'm talking about press. I mean, yeah. the music is going to have its way and get to where it needs to get. But the other side of it with the um, publicist is a, another avenue of it. And, um As part of the game, that's still, ah, it's just one of them things. I finished my whole record and, and they were like, look, man, don't put this out yet. You need to get a publicist. And I was like, what? Started calling around and uh, expensive. But it's worth it because you need to get in those avenues and we don't have the contacts. And we'll have the representation that these publishers have built up in order to, to um, you know, stuff out there. So, anyway, it's super important. I own it, the masters. If anybody wants to use my music, they have to, they have to call me, pay a licensing fee, and whatever the case may be. I've heard stories about cats that have done, I mean, it, it, it happens both. I mean, it works both ways. Like being independent and also being a label has its benefits as well. But like I've heard stories about cats getting their music and some company wanting to license it for a whatever commercial, it's your music. But because the record label owns the masters, they're going to want to get a percentage of the royalty, even though it's your music. But the other, other part of it is that if that label didn't have the money to put into the album, the publicity to put in the album, nobody would have ever heard your song. <laughs> So It works both ways, it's like a DJ and the an artist. Like, you need a DJ to play your music for free <laughs> so I can get out there. But the artist is like, Oh man, you're playing my music! It's just like this reciprocal thing. But anyway, so you know, I'm I'm a, I'm I own my, my music and I do have songs on other record labels as well. So, you know, I'm waiting for that call from Disney. Or I'll wait for that call. From- <laughs> some commercial or something like that to do that, but, but I do. I feel like that's like
2: one of the most heartbreaking things to go through as a musician yeah. and as an artist is that yeah. day when you realize like it actually doesn't matter how well you play, like Rolling Stone is not going to write about you because you're the baddest.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, it is. Yeah. floutest in the world. They're going right. to write about you because you have a publicist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean and, and that's all i was trying to like always That's man and it's such a heartbreaking day because it's like I, I feel like a lot of us are like believing in these jazz myths or these like these these things that you know if just if you're the best the whole world will open itself to you which is which is not a lie at all right. but it's a it's a half truth in, in, right. in some ways man so i, I appreciate hearing you say that
0: <laughs> absolutely you know, but, you know, you know. Tim Wang had a good publicist, and, and Miles and Train and all of his dudes. Right. They they had the the machine behind them, and a whole. Right. They had a label too, but it was, right. you know, times are different. But you need that machine to yeah. obtain a certain amount of success. You know,
1: right. And you know, and the music as well is a big publicist too. You know, it, it'll it'll get you where you need to be as well. You know what I mean? But sometimes when you know that extra little layer of a publicist that knows something that's outside of the music that we are just, we can't understand it being an artist. That's the one thing about being a, I tell people all the time about being an independent artist is that you don't have any deadlines. You don't have any A&Rs. You don't have anybody telling you to put this album out tomorrow. You have to put it out tomorrow because it has to go and do this and this and that. We could sit on it all day. There's no a and R's, nobody pushing us to do anything. So there's no, there's no deadline. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's important to own yourself as much as you can and try to put your own music on stuff. Um, um, so you can get, you know, get some real it, it is money in that. Like, I feel like a lot of jazz musicians, like a lot of musicians just in general, like they kind of play down that part of the music industry. Like you listen to like all these jingles on, on, um, on these commercials and like my son watching Disney or watching these YouTube pages or, whatever the case may be, I'm like, man, I know about a hundred cats who could have wrote a better tune. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it's like some, something about that thing that that other side of it, we're writing and, and publishing and stuff like that. A lot of, um, a lot of us, you know, we just really don't think about it, but it's, it's definitely out there for the, for the taking, that's for sure. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. So, so that, that's a good piece to, to kind of t- to land on there, just that that entrepreneurship, just for people who just get in here, we were just talking about the importance of black entrepreneurship. And Tim yep. has a record label called True Melody Music. So y'all go uh, look that up and buy everything on that label. Yeah. And uh, so I, I did want to talk to you because about genre because you, you kind of briefly mentioned earlier that you didn't, you weren't really trying to be a jazz musician. You were just trying to be good at the saxophone. Right. But also you don't really... I mean, I read off just a few of the people you play with earlier, and you don't really adhere to like a genre per se. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, I got you. What, what do you, what do you call yourself? Like,
1: oh, what? I, yeah, it's deep. It was, when I put out my album, it was just funny to see what like these different reviewers was was writing about, and one kind called me like a post modern gospel. I don't know what call me. I was like post bop gospel Pat Metheny. Oh <laughs> 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 hey, no. I see where you're going and I understand it, but okay if that works for you that's that's cool. Like um so that's fine. I don't even really I don't know man. That I'm just trying to chase the music like just trying to be a servant of the music. It's just one huge umbrella me. I mean, if you follow me on my Facebook or my Instagram, one day I'm putting up Sonny Stith and the next day I'm putting up Jay-Z. Another day I'm putting up, I don't know what, you know, I can be, I can go anywhere, but it's just just the music that I love so much in, in any form, man. Like, that's one thing with my my last album. I had so many different musicians my last album because I love just playing with so many different people and I just love every different style of so many my peers that they play music really well. So, um, so I don't really put a cap on. I just, I just love the music and I just love to play the music and whatever feels good to me. And it kind of just goes in that, goes in that way. And however, it's, you know, kind of, um, whatever titles put on it, post-bop modern gospel, Pat Metheny, bebop, I don't know, <laughs> whatever they call it. <laughs> but that's just, that's just my, my, my way of, um, so I don't know I don't put in the genre I just don't like I, I can I can be if I'm on the stage like I said it was, a, it was a moment before the pandemic hit and all this stuff hit where I was born while we were be we playing with Michael Buble and then the next day I'll be flying to New York to play with Eric Reed. and <laughs> this feeling like listening to listen listen to Michael on stage singing man these American classics I'm just listening to this guy like it's ridiculous. That same vibe, man, of the music is the same vibe that you get when you're playing, you know, in the clubs in New York. You know what I mean? Cats have the same spirit, same energy about the music. So it's, it's just the music that I love, you know what I mean, for the most part. So.
2: Man, so, so what, what are, you know, you said you were kind of chasing that feeling that you had when you were a kid. Like, what, Is there like a particular musical experience that you've had that like really, that you felt connected with that energy and maybe stands out
1: and, in your life? Um, <clears throat> I want to, I, I want I to, there was one time I was playing with Marguerite Miller and we we're playing in Disney and it was the last night that always, that, the Marguerite is always that, because the blues, just always that feeling, just a higher level that happens sometimes when you're on stage, of course, all, all, all. and it was the last night and the it was, it was, yeah, last night it was Sunday, we're playing six nights or something. And then Margaret was just so nice. And you we know, were playing in his wingspan band and everybody's stretching. But this night, he was just like taking these long cadenzas and like playing the ballast and just like really stretching out. And it's just like you can you can feel that it was just like, okay, the stage is lifted. It's just time for him to right down, take this thing, and just do his whole thing right now. And just everybody was just kind of on stage just watching. And that night, man, like, my hotel was like down on in the village somewhere. Man, I walked home in a suit like I didn't want to I didn't want to get on the subway. I didn't want anything like get in the way of that moment. I said, man, I'm gonna walk home. I don't want to a train to be late. I don't want to just anything that's taking me out of that musical space. It was so heavy then I was like wow. And uh so yeah it's just that was that was one one it happens it happens a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes people, mm-hmm. people who don't play music, they don't really know how to, what that's like, or they don't right. even know that they can experience it too. You know, sometimes you're going to have, have a high level experience just eating food, you know?
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I-
0: <laughs> you, you know, you down in New Orleans, you get you a good po' boy. But <laughs> <Look. laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can have an experience having a conversation, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just artists you know maybe playing basketball or whatever you do you can kind of have that yeah that high level experience where you just want to sit on it for a minute you know what I mean yeah
1: yeah 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 absolutely that's yeah one of the things it always brings me back to the to the to trying to just chase that moment just whatever it is and and also try to create that for yourself as well whenever you have those times like to play and really get into a zone you can you can get into that moment but it's being on the bandstand with with musicians who I mean, Eric Reed does the same thing. Cyrus does the same thing. They all I've been blessed, man, to play with like some of the most incredible piano players. I was thinking about this the other day. I played with Margru, play <laughs> Cyrus, I played with Eric Reed, and I played with Larry Willis as well. Wow. So I've been able to like kind of carve this niche out with like playing with piano players. And anytime, like I say, okay, you need like a saxophone player or some promoters like, okay. Maybe add a saxophone player or something like that. So I've been able to do those type of gigs, but it's always incredible, man, just he and those guys like play, stretch out, and just really embodying like that true orchestral spirit about the piano. You know what I mean? Absolutely They're kind of develop into something just super, super big. So um so yeah, we're hopefully, Hopefully I can share it and get there tonight. <laughs> we'll see. Just man, just out of curiosity,
2: amongst all those cats that you just mentioned, like, do do they have anything in common that that you've like checked out between them?
1: It was it's, it was always um I was thinking back like, like those like they're like concert they're like concert virtu- virtuosic pianists like coming out of the the lane of um. Yeah. What's that T for two? What's the piano player that played? God, man. I can't remember Marguerite to tell about us. Anyway, but they embody that same concert pianist vibe that's mixed with the blues and mixed with just like chord changes and advanced harmony. You know what I mean? So between all of them, it's just like the blues, concert piano chaps, <laughs> um, on top of like a sophisticated level of musicianship and harmony. So it's like, you kind of got to be at some point, ready to kind of go there, and man, it's and they are, and you get left behind a lot. <laughs> like seriously, like we play, we I play with, with Cyrus, and we have been doing like one gig like every two months, and I can tell that Cyrus is like, okay, I'm I'm going to lay something on. I'm like, you know, every gig I'm going like, to see see where these cats are. It's like playing with one of the uh, Cyrus. I'm not an elder statesman, but he's just one of those cats. He's one of the goats and whatever you want to say. But this one night he's like, all right, so so we've been doing this ballet. We'll be together again every night. And this specific night, he was like, All right, well, let's just do this duo. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa one second. I'm I mean, I know we've been playing this gig, it's been cool, but I'm not ready to play a duet with Cyrus Chestnut. You know what I mean? Like there's another level of sophistication and mastery of musicianship to be, like, musician to musician. That's how I saw I was like, whoa. So that, that, that was one of those nights. I was like, whoa, I got some work to do, man. Like, <laughs> I got I to get to see. I was like, anyway. So, um, oh yeah, so that's, that's the thing. It's the blues. It's sophisticated musicianship and harmony mixed with, the, um, mixed with the, um, a concert pianist, man. It's just it's amazing. So,
0: Yo, man! I, I before we we got a few more minutes so before we go, I, I do want to talk about the the future of music, <clears throat> and yeah. because you you have you've been creating virtual music, or virtual concerts, right? Um, uh, where and when I say that, I mean you weren't in the same room with people. Basically, you guys are kind of pre-recording right. stuff and putting it together. And but I, I kind of want to g- pick your brain since we're in the middle of a pandemic. Today is uh what's February twenty second, twenty twenty one. Um, so what do you think the future of music is, is going to be?
1: I think, I think, I think everything will go back to, to where it was before. Um, I think that'll just, it'll every, you know, it's, there's no question that it has to, because like I was saying, like we were just in these auditions and there's so many musicians coming, coming, like. Like, it's, I'm like, dude, like, do y'all know what's out here? Like, we, we're shut down. There's no gigs. You know what I mean? Like, and I was thinking to myself, like, maybe my teacher when I was at MSM made have told me, like, the same thing. Like, look, you know what you're getting in, into here? Like, there has to I be, mean, the music is going to live. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to be inspired to open a club. The music is that powerful that there's no way that it's not going to happen. I mean, if anything... You know, I heard somebody saying, you know, we always take from the music. What are you going to give to? Like, somebody's going to open something up. Something's going to happen, especially in New Orleans. I mean, cats are going to play no matter what. Same thing. We're going to figure something out. I think the music is going to keep going. I mean, it has to keep going. There's so many musicians that have more to say. It just has to happen. It's it's just like the way the world works. It's just, we all doctors and trying to figure out where we're going to get a job is not, it's going to be there. You know, it's a call and it's, it's going to happen. So, Maybe the way that it happens might be a little different, but but I think we're gonna be fine. I think okay. it will be cool.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I'm optimistic too because I got yeah, a ba- I, I got a baby to feed, so you know.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I get I get that. You know, I get that, but you know, I I, th- I mean, like, it's it's crazy. Like every generation has this has this things that they have to push through, you know. Bird and you know, what they deal with. You know what I mean? We're dealing with segregation and dealing with racism, man. Like, that didn't stop them. Hmm. They didn't even have cell phones, anything to call home. Cancer, Charlie Parker moved to New York from Kansas City and couldn't even talk to his family. Like, you know, like, just imagine that. So every generation has these different setbacks, you know what I mean? So this just happens to be the one for this generation, and we'll all get through it. You know what I mean? In another 20 years, it'll be something else. I'm like, man, you remember that time? Miles like, remember that time? This, this, and that. You know, they all talk about those war stories, and we're going to be talking about this like it's one of those war stories. So I'm just on the positive side of it. And to be honest, the the students and the young musicians that I've been meeting kind of inspired me because they're not stopping, man. Like, they're not. They're they're, they're playing, man. They like. They sound so killing. They are like. Look, this is what I do. I'm going to play. So, yeah. I got to do it. So that's been inspiring me more. Is like the 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 younger musicians coming up because they they still at it and not and not quit. They still going. You know, what I mean? so, it's killing, man. The, I like it. The, the the music
2: makes it happen. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. But uh, I'm definitely tired of for the on top of <laughs> these 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 um these um. Whatever they call them, man, these box things. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Let's let's, let's get do. back to work. Yeah, know. I'm like, you know, I do these videos, and I'm like, trying to be like a a, a, a magician or something, man. Like I was trying to figure out what this cat was thinking before he played. <laughs> it sound like we played together, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's weird.
2: Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs>
1: But
0: well, look, strange. look, Tim, man, we we coming to the end here, man. Before we go, I do want to give you an opportunity to tell the people where to connect with you, where to buy all your stuff. Okay. And uh, you know, and you, you're you know, play, you're playing you gig gigs, coming up. Yeah, yeah. You're playing gigs. So if One you're in Baltimore, yeah, tell them about that.
1: Um, let me see. Are we yeah, so you can follow me on Tim Green Music everywhere on our Instagram. My website is timgreenmusic.com. On Facebook, I think it's Tim Green Music 1. It's my my page on there. Um, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I'm doing a gig at Ande Music down here with my good buddy uh, Craig Austin in a couple of weeks. And um, that's pretty much about it for now. Everything is... Uh, and I'm at Peabody Conservatory. Um, I'm teaching there um, and, and different things like that. So that's pretty much about it. Every, everything is local and... Um, just teaching online, doing different things, a couple gigs here and there and trying to stay safe. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: If the, if a kid is watching this or listening to this on a podcast, they want to get a lesson, they just hit you on the email or DM me. Yeah, they...
1: yeah, they can DM me. They can um, send me an email at timgreenmusic at gmail.com. That's green just like the color.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's important. That's important. That's important. Yeah. All <laughs> right,
2: cool. cool man. Yeah. Well, man, Tim, I appreciate your time so much you know, you're truest British and it was a pleasure getting to uh, sit next to you and playing a a section with you, man. That was totally, totally one of the coolest things ever, man. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah.
1: Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on here. It's been fun a good time i really enjoyed this so anytime
0: well tim i will say my goodbyes but i appreciate you coming on my name is darian douglas and this is the working artist project we'll catch y'all later